Hello, you are listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast with myself, Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. Joining us today, we have a very special guest. We have former Scotland prop Heather Lockhart. Great to have you, Heather. Now, before we go into unpicking the game and Scotland's performance in the, the Rugby World Cup, you've been doing a bit of commentary uh, and co-commentary for it. How have you been enjoying that experience? Yeah, it's just obviously round one um, with ITV. So yeah, it's going really well. Uh, round two this weekend. So um, early starts, uh, late nights, call it what you want. Um, I know everyone back home was supporting as well and people out here. So fair play to everyone for, for getting up uh, so early. And it's 3 a.m. this um, Saturday, so morning. So is, so. A, is that an early start or is it a late night? 3 yeah, just, what happens? Just, What's the strategy? I know for exactly getting the strategy. So <laughs> I was thinking of like getting a bit of sleep in between about 6 and midnight, mm-hmm. but maybe go for a bit earlier and then be up over midnight mm-hmm. so just so we're ready up. to go once you're up you're up yeah exactly Oof, yeah effort. it's not Filthy. just it's not just a night shift is it it's a it's the middle of the middle of the night shift so it's about eating as well do you do you yeah, have strategy you know? yeah exactly <laughs> strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Strategy. but it, no, it is it's like game strategy because we were talking about this with Devs and Cormac's doing stuff as yeah. well and um, it's taking like snacks with you what you would do for game day as well just being prepared nervous so, energy yeah. Just, You've done yeah, a lot of country the before, the Six mm-hmm. Nations and BBC. You've been yeah, involved absolutely. a lot, haven't you? Yeah, um, yeah, BBC it's something Alba, you enjoy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's just seeing it from a different point of view. Mm. I think when you do commentary, you actually do get the chance to see things that when you're playing, you might not obviously sometimes get the, the time and the chance to do. So you do pick up on things that, um, yeah, that might be helpful. So, um, yeah. And the prep that you went into for that game, your stats were coming through. It was really quite ha- handy as well to see at home the, the type of colour that you build as well. The week leading up to a game, are you quite full on in terms of what you're doing prep-wise or or do you, you base it largely on the knowledge that you've already gained over a, an 89-cap Scotland career? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Um, like, for instance, for the qualifiers, um, when Scotland were playing Columbia, trying mm. to find extra information, obviously there wasn't too much information about Columbia when they're playing that final qualifier. But just shows probably what are the leaps and bounds that uh, world rugby and rugby as a whole on the global stage because the information available now for these matches is absolute phenomenal the stats coming in they've got people working on every game doing all the stats the background information so there is things so obviously knowing that you're going to do it you can do a bit of pre-prep as it were but obviously come the game and then the, the team's announcement you've got things to do there so um, yeah it's sort of things you can do beforehand and then things you can do um, at the week of it leading up to the team's announcement I think it's really important as well that you trust your rugby knowledge. You say you've played for a long, long time here, a lot of success, a lot of international rugby, and everybody who's working on that game will get the same book of stats. So everybody will get the same information. So I, I think as a co-commentator and somebody who's an, trying to analyse it and bring it to life in some ways for the viewers, it's it's almost what you see in the in the moment, and you revert back to your experience of why it's happened or why it was good or why it was poor is really important as well more than as well as the preparation okay. beforehand no absolutely like half the time was that Bill McLaren said that 90, you don't use 97% mm. of the things that you've prepared so absolutely mm. it's just the, the little nuggets and it's extracting the right bits of information like there was one a bit about the ruck speed um, and that was from the Six Nations stats mm. so it's just looking through things and it's just pulling out one or two things that you might think as usual but absolutely it's what you see and feel in the mm. moment like mm. what you're yeah, experiencing oh talk about f- what you feel in the moment I mean mm. at home how <laughs> we're feeling in the moment is very different you maintained your composure unbelievably well uh, at Gaffney's second uh, I, I mean that what was it 
the 78th, 79th minute. 78, it was 15, yeah, I think it was. Good start. Yeah, <laughs> the start's are still in there. <laughs> uh, that was a really, really big moment in, in what was a very dramatic finish, a game that literally went down to the last kick. But you yeah. maintained your composure, I have to say. Oh, a lot better than we did in my living room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was just fantastic to know that everyone's like, you know, engaging with it on the world stage, obviously. not The team's not been there for 12 years. And in 2010, 2006, um, there was exposure, but not mm. on the level that, that, that it is now. And it's just phenomenal. It's not just on the TV, you can in social media as well. So the exposure is just fantastic. So I know, yeah, it was just so exciting, those two tries. So um, just building pressure, building pressure. So um, just so close at the end, just to lose out on the on the final kick. So And if we look at Lana's try as well, that was a brilliantly well-worked move because we'd also seen that, I think it was against USA, yeah. wasn't it? It was exactly the same, you know, straight for, scoring a try from her own line out. Yeah. And it was great to see the 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 warm ups being played out on the global stage in the Rugby World Cup and seeing that move being executed so well. Bang on. And also she did the same against Wales as well. And Wales, of course. The, right. So that was the two thing and Rona as well, both scored. So um, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a move that Scotland know. And I think what was really pleasing about that try was they came round the corner. They were so the, the, uh, um, Wales nullified the first attack mm-hmm. from the driving line out. And then I think it was Christine Belial at the front, Jade Conco and then Lana. So they had three of them that chain and Lana able to, to go over. The, so I think maybe that's something they'll look at coming into this weekend just how to vary the attack but that slight v- mm. moving the point of contact yeah. it was absolutely ideal so I, I yeah. think you're, you're bang on Heather I think as well like what was impressive about that was this, the situation had already found it was a 10-0 at mm-hmm. that point and you yeah. know yeah. So at that point again. a to the confidence and, and up against it certainly in that first 10-15 minutes so so you go back to what there's a message then going back to what you know what's worked before execute it well get back in the game and exactly and your strong wind as well oh, did exactly yeah. that but I think you're you've hit the nail on the head in terms of this weekend coming just changing the picture a little bit I thought we were dominant for a lot of the game especially the second half and it was one of these situations I found where we're getting quite a lot of success but not quite getting out of success by keeping the ball quite close I think we have to shift the target once or twice I thought it really narrowed the Welsh defence and then. I know the two tries men score were out wide and that's a good example of that, but there was other opportunities I think just to shift the target a little bit. Um and I think Australia will be more physical than, than Wales this weekend, uh, having seen some of their stuff. So I think getting that ball having that, that strength and that confidence from the work up front, but moving it just at a different times I think changing that picture, changing that point of attack will be really important. Yeah, because obviously, like Lisa Thompson, Hannah Smith in the centres. Didn't get a lot of possession, really. Didn't get quite a lot. Yeah, and I think maybe tying them in more, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple more phases around working that area. And then when it's on out wide, obviously using that. But just, yeah, just changing the options, even just what you do off scrum and line out. Mm -hmm. As I said, like coming around the corner or is it a back row move or tying the backs in? So, yeah, lots of of opportunity. I'm sure they'll they'll look at that this week in analysis. Mm -hmm. I think Brian Eason did really well to set the tone and say, look, we're not going to be looking at the performance of the referee. We're not going to be drawn into that conversation. But what we did see from that game was some outstanding leadership and captaincy from Rachel Malcolm. The way she was communicating uh, was, was, was really effective. And it was great to watch at home as well to see how you can have that conversation with the officials in, in a very 
diplomatic way too. Yeah, she was always just checking in. And just before, obviously, um, Cara Hope, that was the number one. There had been a few scrum penalties mm-hmm. and she was just like keeping keeping in touch with the referees. So, um, and a fantastic performance. 24 tackles. Yes. 24 it was I mean, in total, wasn't it? That's, yeah, so. I, actually, I was like, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then like uh, World uh, Rugby World have done, the mag- they've done a team of, a the, team of the, the week. And yeah. she saw she she's was in there. Yeah. So she can take great heart from that. I mean, that's real leadership leadership qualities because um, yeah the, the Welsh especially in the first half like they were really coming at them mm-hmm. hard line breaks so fantastic hats off for each other what a captain yeah absolutely fantastic it's just I, mean, I have to mention the goal kicking it's so yeah. frustrating and um, do you know it's uh, I really feel for Nelly I've been there I've done it um, I was in contact with the squad through the week and that was the first thing I said in the email was listen I've been there I've done that I've, I thought you would be I, mm-hmm. in terms of I've, I've missed kicks that are perceived to be easy in Europe. I've missed them in international games. I've missed them in World Cups. But the important thing is what happens next. You can't change it. It how, was how pretty you, tricky. Well, how do you do that? How do you make that adjustment? Well, everybody will be different. But the first thing that I had to do after missing kicks like that was get out the next thing and day or as soon as possible and do it. I remember missing a kick out here against Wasps in Europe. <laughs> it's actually, it shouldn't really be funny, but it was. We, we, Simon Webb had scored. Wasps were European champions, and it was the first game after uh, the kind of previous season that Edinburgh played Wasps here, and we we went two points ahead with, with Webb's try, and obviously Mark Inversion under the post would have made it four points ahead, so it would take it out of penalty reach within the last two or three minutes. And I, don't know, I still don't know what happened, but... It got shoulder height and it actually hit Josh Lucy, who was a wasp captain in the back of the head as he was shouting and screaming at his own teams. <laughs> so wow. it was one of these things that wasn't yeah. funny, but no, looking yeah. back, and he yeah. turned around and looked at me and was like, <laughs> yeah, I well, apologise. I mean, well, that's interesting. That's his look going, that's not you. It was like, it, that's, that's it. not you. No, it, and no, that's it wasn't. It, it was yeah. like, why did you do that, you little so-and-so? That was the look he gave yeah, me. He thought uh, I was having, I was like, no, mate. Like, I genuinely... Yeah. So that was like Saturday afternoon. I remember it, it was a one o'clock kickoff, clearest day out there. Next again day, I went to the back pitches at Murrayfield, came in with one ball, mm. put it down exactly the same spot and kicked it. And I have to get that out of the In that system. same spot, yeah. In the same spot, yeah. exactly, ah, okay. bang. I, I don't need to be out here for ages, I just need to do it. I need to do it. Um, so that was one way of dealing with it. Other bits are trying to look for, you know, like technically if there's something wrong or if it's too quick or whatever it was. But the, the, I think doing something as soon as possible after having a, a moment that's kind of quite not it's just the rhythm just the rhythm and the timing just like yeah. sometimes I mean Wayne he's Smith doing. Wayne Smith the All Black um, the Black Ferns coach yeah. he he's also coached the, yeah. the All Blacks and he's, he's come in at, yeah mm-hmm. and this is his fourth World Cup first mm-hmm. one for the for the mm-hmm. women and he was saying obviously the Black Ferns had done the hacker mm-hmm. about the first half they were 17-0 down yeah. against Australia never lost to them yeah. so things like that England were up against it Fiji so yeah. you know first first round of yeah. World Cup there's nerves there's loads of things at play but that's you know that's yeah. happened now we're on the move that's so it. And you sometimes you can you just have to say, you know, that happened. Yeah. It's like, how can we, how well, you can treat we move forward, kick, you know? You treat every kick individually. Our first kick was, wasn't was our best strike, but it wasn't the worst. There was a, a, a third one was the poorest one, but the, the fourth and fifth were decent strikes outweighed on the left. The technique was reasonably good. Didn't get the reward that you wanted, but you've got to assess every kick individually yeah. and put as much into the, the kicks that you, you're successful with and assess as the ones that you're, you're unsuccessful with and um, I, it's uh, ultimately it's one of the pitfalls of, of being a goal kicker but these episodes and uh, kind of involvements make you better if you can if you know what you're analysing, you know what you're putting right and wrong, yep. they make you better. And Heather it's interesting you said straight away as Mossy was retelling that story against the Wasps is 
that he just knew it wasn't you and that's very much what mm. we saw yeah. uh, on yeah. and, and going forward into this week it happens. <laughs> it happens in all sports, you know, like That's a golfer, a, a, a cricketer, bowling, you know, thing, you know, tennis, the, the forehand, whatever. So yeah, absolutely, just getting out there and having getting a do few it. bit. Get out and yeah. do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and have two or three key points that you focus on. They'll be the same key points anyway, but really focusing on them, honing on them, repetition. I, I would in a situation like that as well, like through the week in you know the early part of this week, I would I would practice in close. And get your strike, get your timing, get your success rate, get it done. Yeah, timing. Don't yeah. think about having it feels if you have to kick from all positions around the field. It's just that, just getting back to real it's focused um, technique and and yeah, uh, Manuel's kicked so well for Scotland for yeah. a long time. She's kicked last minute goals to win um, and draw over the last couple of years. Um, but it's important that the that she 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 moves forward. And I like that Brian Eason said at no point did I have any any questions around it because like, for that very reason mm. uh, she's a very reliable kicker for us. So mm. we yep. wish them all well for the preparations this week. Well, let's hear now from the Scotland camp in New Zealand. Let's hand over to Scotland captain Rachel Malcolm. Welcome to Scotland Women's Camp, week three in New Zealand, uh, joined by our fabulous sports scientist, Fraser Renzies. Welcome, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, good. And yourself? I'm very well, thank you. How has your New Zealand experience been so far? Yeah, I've loved it. It's been yeah, really cool to see this, this country and, you know, we started out in Auckland and then came up here to Whangarei, where it's a little bit more like authentic, Rural. different pace of life, but it's cool. Like it. What's been your highlight so far? Um, probably we got to see like the All Blacks experience in Auckland. Um, that's quite a cool insight into like how that team operates and little cultural things that they have going on there. So I'm surprised you've not said your bagpipe that extravaganza. Was, that was pretty special. Tell the people um, about what happened. <laughs> um, so essentially. Rona Lloyd um, put a few feelers out between the the Italian team and the Japanese team um, to see if they'd be up for doing a little sing-song um, exchange. We had something prepped um, between myself and her. It was Loch Lomond where players would sing and then I would come in on the bagpipes. The surprise um, entrance. Yeah. It was good. It was very well worked. Yeah. Um, to be fair, the, the Italians and Japanese had had something up their sleeves as well. And yeah. Yeah, it got pretty interesting that evening. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good fun. Um, and then in terms of, obviously, your role within the squad as our sports scientist, so what have you kind of, what have been your key roles, I guess, throughout these weeks in terms of the build-up and then obviously now recovering from game one? Yeah, like at the moment, the main thing is maximising player availability, making sure that when it comes around to, to game weekend that, everyone's available as much as possible and um, so that you guys as players can go out and focus on the rugby mm. um, that should be the the real priority at this phase for us what kind of things do you have to do within the day to help that happen uh, so as you know we'll have a morning check-in how um, do you, how does that usually go um it depends like <laughs> some, some players are more um, you know, morning people, whereas there's a few night owls who, who don't like the 7.30 wake up to, to come for monitoring. <laughs> or the old um, people that don't like jumping at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, carry on. 
Um, so once we get through that, then it's usually a quick turnaround, catch up with physios and, and Frank, the S&C. Um, we'll see what kind of state the players are in, if anyone needs to be modified um, for training, that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, we've been straight off to the ground and training each morning um, with our yeah, quite early morning slot out here. You are also, as well as being our sports scientist, kind of filling in as our nutritionist as well while we're here, um, as our nutritionist and um, travel with us. So can you tell us a little bit around your strategies around nutrition and a little bit around your special nutrition table that you have for us post-training? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, key, the key points really post-training are rehydrating and then also kind of repair and regrowth, so like getting protein and carbohydrate on board. So normally we're doing that with, you know, the same protein powder or protein bars, and we've been out here for a few weeks now, so it's, it's getting a little bit <laughs> samey by this point. So like we've tried to mix it up and get some new options in. I think today was probably one of the best spreads mm. we've had. It was um, a good spread today. To, I would give it a good seven out of 10. Yeah, I, I was getting feedback on the different like flavors of the the energy balls so yeah we'll take that on board and we'll move on we'll and move to, forward yeah nice always keep improving <laughs> and then around training obviously you collect loads of different bits of data Can you tell us a little bit around kind of i guess how you use that data and and how that kind of influences what we do and yes so partly it's to get a, a measure of the, the kind of structure of the week um which days were we're going to go bigger and have a longer training session um, and make sure that we're, we're managing that correctly so that again like I was saying before like once you come around to game day everyone's as fresh as possible like that's been an important message yeah um, whilst we've been out here um, so yeah that, that'll be a mixture of like the GPS um, where each player wears a GPS unit to, to measure everything they do distance speed and that sort of thing um, but then also we'll get a measure on how players have, have felt the session has gone um, so we can see, like, did that feel like a, a 5 out of 10 to one player or was it a 2 out of 10? Who's the worst player at filling in, monitoring RP, RPs and handing back GPSs? I'm going to split that into two different parts. Okay. So <laughs> filling in the morning monitoring, probably Lisa Thompson's been a bit of a, a rogue one. Yeah, she's rogue. Um, our WhatsApp conversations at the moment are pretty one-sided with, with me giving her a little nudge each morning. It's not good enough. <laughs> um, GPS units. Oh, I don't know, Emma Wassel, mm. probably. I actually used um, to be quite bad, but we've, we've really come a long way on that front. Yeah. We have, yeah. yeah. That was pre-season, that was yeah. a while ago. Yeah. And then who never fills in their RPE? Everyone's pretty good, to be fair. fair. I set myself up beside like the, the nutrition station, so if everyone's coming to refuel at the end of the session, yeah, kind of catch them that way. So cool. no one really gets away with it. Fair. <laughs> and then last question, how would you describe the match day experience on Saturday, Sunday even? Yeah, it was, it was pretty special. Um, like there was a lot going on with it being a World Cup. Like it's the first time I've ever experienced that, um, that sort of setup and yeah, there was a lot going on. Like the fact there was three games as well meant it was quite a, a quick setup, and and yeah, it wasn't really much time to think about what was going on in a way. Yeah. Like we we're straight in. It was quick, yeah. It was like warm up and then into the game. Um, but yeah, it, it was a like special special time. It's 
unfortunate about the result, but like, got two more games to, to turn that around and I'm pretty confident that you guys will when you get out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, let's enjoy the next few weeks. <laughs>
were six in the last. They were sixth place in the last World Cup. So um, yeah, they've got some people that obviously have played four World Cups. So Elisava Batipasuga, she's um, this is her third World Cup. I hadn't played since 2010, and at nine, watch out for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz Patu as well. She's good. Um, Lucia Prop. So, but we've got our superstars as well. So, and I think I think the key is playing together and get. I think in the first half, things just like the ball squirting out the side of the ruck, things like that, just little knock-ons. I think they'll just look to tidy that area right. up and tight, tighten up the defence. I think you know, looking at their own performance. There's definitely nervousness, understandably so, yeah, in absolutely. that first half in the first fifty minutes. But it's amazing what the second game different can beast. Bring. Like it's a, 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 and mm. also, I think the unfamiliarity of playing a team is good. I think we've played Wales often. We know each other. There's always this. They've always been close games. They've been pretty much one score the last few years. Well, more than a few years, flipping back and forth, and that, that kind of sets a tone that the game sometimes just falls into. There's so much history there, yeah, isn't it? Mm. And, and they've all been quite similar. So I, I actually, I think you'd be really Excellent. excited about playing Absolutely. a new opponent, effectively, and a different brand of rugby. I think we'll be really suited to how Australia mm. play. Australia are strong. They, they've improved. They played New Zealand twice over the summer, and the game against New Zealand at the weekend, they'd improved more so than New Zealand, or, or had handled the occasion better than New Zealand on, on, yeah. on Saturday um, or the weekend. So so they are, they are improved right. since they then. Because that's exactly but what it, their but captain... But I think it suits how Scotland play. No, exactly, because their captain said that, because literally they hadn't played for three years because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, and of then they've played oh, seven, course, seven matches this year yeah. coming into the World Cup. So they played Fiji and that sparked a, mm-hmm. a run and they play um, New Zealand in the O'Reilly Cup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the, um, Shannon Parry, their captain, said we've come such a long way mm-hmm. since the beginning well, of January. From the, the two games that were in Sky, weren't it, over mm-hmm. the summer against... New Zealand, yeah. and even I mean, they, I thought they were they relied probably too much on their, their raw physicality then, mm-hmm. but they'd added kind of more fluency to their game at the weekend, and they were they were they were great. But in saying that, that, that I think that should suit how we like to play the game as well. Uh, if we can, you know, you mentioned the midfield before and the back three, yeah. and and you know the the kind of pace of of our back row, and there was one or two injuries as well. But and Christine Bahile and, and Lana, I mean, as yeah. front row, we can we can play that expansive, explosive game and it should be a cracker. I think just getting the rhythm as well, you're saying that about round one, Mm -hmm. sometimes just in the attack, just the fluency, which we were getting in the Six Nations Mm -hmm. just wasn't quite there. I think that will come with round two, you know, different beasts as you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think the excitement with the round two as well is you have had chance to see Australia play, as as we've said. So going into this, we were talking very much about what we know of, as you've said, Mm -hmm. with Wales, We've, we've seen... There is only a six-day turnaround, but mm-hmm. actually, that might not. As a player, that might not be a bad thing after after well, last week. You just want to you just want to get on with it, surely, yeah. don't you? And six days is fine. I mean, they're they've been out there and they've been training and they're ready. They're so well conditioned. You know, they're they're ready to go. So yeah, absolutely. Put it in the bank. Do your analysis and then move on to to the Australia game. So yeah, yeah, super exciting. Yeah, I think after the defeat, as long as physically you're recovered and. Mm. Um, I mean, World Cup's gone past. It's been a lot less than six days in order to yeah. play between games. So, so I think six days is something that we'll do often uh, with clubs and and, yeah. and Six Nations. So, um, uh, yeah, I think you would rather have a shorter duration between the two games if you'd lost your first than a longer one. Yeah. Just get get back out there, get on it, and um, and yeah, just get an opportunity to to put the right wrongs. I am so excited for this game, so much so I have decided I'm actually going to go for a sleep. What's your strategy? That's What's my your strategy. strategy. What are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll, be, I'll probably be having a takeaway at some point around 1am. Um, one, one of the things that really struck me watching that game was uh, the anthems in general are, it's a very unifying moment. So whether you're sitting in the living room on your own, whether you're with friends and family, whether you're at a stadium, the national anthems are quite an emotional thing and they are very unifying. But watching the anthems for this Rugby World Cup for both teams, for both Scotland and Wales, it gave you goosebumps. There was such emotion there. From a player's perspective, what is going through your head at that point? I think everyone it would be different, but I think as for all the teams and all the players there, everyone's done just so phenomenally well to qualify. What an occasion, especially post-COVID. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And the stories behind each individual mm. player and the the effort to get there, the challenges that overcome Fiji, Fijiana playing their first mm. World Cup, I mean, just like phenomenally inspiring for them as well. So just, and I think it's just a super proud moment and just wanting to do absolute utter best. And I think probably the anthems just magnify uh, and magnify that and so you're ready to go I know some people probably don't go in so much just so they're mm. prepped everyone's different but I think generally the anthems give everyone a real light boost ready to go yeah you're right I was one of those that didn't go in too much I remember <laughs> I know you're that's why because I remember you saying yeah, that like yeah. it, I, I think it's um, this might not be what people like to hear but, but everyone's different are, here, yeah here exactly. if you were to stand in my view if you were to stand there and have the experience and emotion you do as a fan, I think you take your eye off the ball. You couldn't do that. No, I, I think I think you're there and you're almost bottling up that emotion and that, that feeling and knowing that you're part of something special. But out of respect for the people who are getting even more emotional than you, you have to be you have to be precisely in the next moment and thirty seconds later. So how do you, you do that? That's incredible. you just you, you focus on the first involvement in the game. Now for a lot of this is where everybody's different. For a lot of people, it could be hitting somebody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they, yeah, you actually yeah, want yeah. that raw emotion. You want to the first belt contact. it out and have be emotion like a like you feel as a supporter and you feel that connection and you want that. It could be my, my first instance could be taking the kick off. No, it has to be accurate. It has to be on the money. It has to be in the right moment. So if I was you know, blowing at my ears and shouting and screaming, crying, like chances are my kickoff wouldn't be accurate so you're all, you have to kind of yeah. ball up use it appreciate it for what it is but also have a respect that you've got a job to do um, I th- I th- and I th- use the emotion that yeah. in order accordingly yeah because that's absolutely right but that's that's interesting you said because you've used it you've done anthem but you've flicked the switch as soon mm-hmm. as you're like when the whistle goes like yeah. everyone like what's happening in the anthems like you do it's like the sports person mindset it's, you're it's, there yeah. you're you're there in the game like being present like and you wouldn't want to be to anywhere go. else that's absolutely because you can control it you're involved in it you can have an effect in it you can win it you can contribute in it you wouldn't want to be anywhere else because you've and that's why when you do retire <laughs> you do watch you're like this is quite hard because you've got no control really and, and that's I think it must be really difficult for a lot of coaches who prepare and mm-hmm. analyse and plan and work and everything and yeah. then handing over that power that's where the best coaches hand the power to the players because they're the ones that can affect it and they're the ones selfless I think coaching is yeah. such a a selfless thing you were saying you were helping Helen you know just yeah. it's such a it's it's not about you. It's seeing it from so it's just a different hat you have mm. on, and it's just seeing it from your players' eyes. And what can you do to help the players? Do you think so, it's yeah. better, or, or, or that's an easier thing to do if you've played, or do you think it's a harder thing to do if you've played? Again, it just depends on the individual mm. you're talking about. The anthems there, everyone's mm. different. So I think 
I think you can, I think some coaches will have played and some will have played maybe not to mm. the highest level, but that doesn't mean to say they can't impact the game. Sometimes I was uh, coaching yesterday and uh, one of the girls was saying that their team didn't have a, a, a regular coach. Said we just want. Mm-hmm. Someone continuity. To be, so like I think yet yeah, mm-hmm. continuity and so like I think players feel like are the coaches with us and yes mm-hmm. right and that 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 gives you the the drive to go forward you know what I mean that, mm-hmm. that trust it's an amazing part of the the conversation though because there's you saying very clearly at the end how significant the role of the coach is in a team setting so we talk a lot about the captain's run the day before you yes, yes. you're handing everything over onto the pitch yeah but actually when it comes to in order to get to that preparation point, as the, the women will be doing in Fangaray this week, it's very much a, a it's very much a collective team S and C. Yeah, everybody oh, that's buying into it and the knowledge support. and experience mm-hmm. they're bringing, I guess. Yeah, it was. What's the Latin to lead out? Is education primary Miss Jean Brodie since we're in Edinburgh, but it's the leading out of a player. Mm-hmm. So that that's exactly what you're trying to get the best out of the player. So any coach will be trying to do that and trying to do that as a collective for the team. So it's the leading out. So once is that absolutely? Once the whistle goes, it's over to the the team. So it's developing. One time, I remember we did a we used to do this horrible S and C conditioning session. Oh, it was just like awful, awful, and everyone used to like <laughs> sign themselves up for it. But one day the coach wasn't there, mm. and everyone was like. Do we do it? Do, yeah. <laughs> so there's, the so there's, uh, yeah. And it was just really interesting. We went, we're doing it, aren't we? Uh-huh. And he was just like, and he was like, and we still did it to that like same mm-hmm. intensity. And I was just like, he took that. He done. He done yeah. his job. You know what I mean? He, like that's that's how you do a session. So hats off to him. And hats off to you, eighty nine caps. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Heather. No what what an outstanding career! But it's great to have your knowledge and insight on the co commentary teams as well. We we always enjoy listening to you. So thank you very much for your time for Scotland Pop. Good to chat. Thanks. Thanks. Not long to go until the uh, Autumn Nation series. Must say the first game 29th? 29th October, yeah, Australia. Which it isn't long in terms of, you know, when as a player you look at games and there's, there's three weekends really but there's only two because the third weekend of games for Edinburgh and Glasgow will be, you know, the weekend of the Australia game. So, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it always felt this period of the season was the longest. From you know the pre-season, your your training, your pre-season games, and then the first block of kind of URC or whatever iteration it was when I played all those three years. It's the kind of first. It's the longest time you spend together with your club, um, and I can't believe it's you know that first block's almost done. You know, big two three big weeks of rugby coming up, obviously, but then the the Open Nation series is, is upon us already. I mean, they go into training camp next week. Here's a mm. practical question for you. Uh, so I always think about the kit drop. Oh, the kit drop. <laughs> and they've got all their embroidered gear <laughs> at this point. Do the players know for a start by now? I mean, the squads, I think, announced no. next week. They won't know no, yet. No, no. Uh, the coaches will have probably 90, 95% of it perhaps settled in the room. Maybe, maybe less, maybe more, who knows. But the, the players won't know, so... Um, so the initials won't be embroidered yet. <laughs> no, not yet. No, the uh, this weekend will become really quite important mm. um, for for the, the players who play in uh, you know Edinburgh and Glasgow and for the XL clubs. But um, yeah, they, w- they won't know until uh, probably yeah, a couple of days before the the, the squad announcement. Well, a reminder then of the fixtures and Gregor Townsend's men kick off the Autumn Nation series against Australia, as we've said, on the 29th of October. Then it's on to Fiji on the 5th of of November, New Zealand on the 13th. That game is a sellout, but hospitality is still available and ending the series against Argentina on the 19th.
Round four of the BKT URC, well, whew, mixed mm. fortunes for uh, the pro teams against South African opposition. So we had an impressive 35-21 home win for Glasgow Warriors against the Bulls and a 19-22 defeat yeah. at the damn health for Edinburgh Rugby for the, against the Lions. So, dealer's choice, Mossy. Which side of the M8 will we start on? Uh, well, let's go. Let's go this side because it was Friday. We'll do chronological. Edinburgh was Friday. Glasgow was Saturday, and it was a. Uh, it was. I was here on Friday night. The damn health. It was hard. Um, it's a frustrating result, and it's quite hard to say this, but I don't think Edinburgh did a huge amount wrong. Um, the I was really impressed with the Lions defensively. I thought Edinburgh attacked really quite well, but the the, the Lions defence was I was just I was really impressed with it. Where I think there was maybe frustration for for Mike Blair and the Edinburgh side with maybe the last fifteen minutes or, or periods in the last fifteen minutes. We got nineteen twelve up and had a couple of really good attacks that didn't capitalise on ended in an error and probably could have been more direct. Uh, there was a driving mall just in the last ten minutes, five metres out from the from the the corner. Uh, I think as WP Nell was was held up, just going over, and that was a big moment. Um, and then probably got a wee bit loose. There'll be frustrating thing for 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 Mike and the Edinburgh coaches. They just got a wee bit loose chasing that uh, that 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 winning try uh, in the right end of the field. But then the Lions hacked up the field, kicked the penalty, and and, and took the win. They're they're impressive. Three mm. three wins in the bounce away from home. Um, the South African teams, I think, like coming on their mini tours and they, they can galvanise together and get their, their strategy right. But hugely physical, really impressed by players that wouldn't be, well, certainly haven't been Springboks yet, but wouldn't really be known to a lot of uh, kind of international rugby fans. But Van Vick in, in the midfield, Pinar in the wing, Venter at seven. I mean, really impressive player. What is he? Nineteen. He's nineteen, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> he was. You were looking at him, thinking he was a yeah. a seasoned Springbok. Yeah. And the, the the depth of the bench, the, the, they were impressive. Lesson, Edinburgh, it's a game they should have won. The, obviously, we target to win every game at home, um, and it's frustrating. But like we said before, never get too high, never get too low. Mm. I don't think there was a lot in that game, um, but massively frustration uh, for, for, for Edinburgh. Glasgow, outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Physically, they outbulled the Bulls, the dealt with them physically, they played quickly, they managed to get the ball in play often at high tempo but there was two or three pieces of defence that I think Franco Smith and the coaches will be even more delighted with, there was I think three or four, certainly there was two or three in a row and then one just before half time kind of five metre mall defences and, and goal line defence sets that, that Glasgow did back to back to back against just, the Bulls, where the Bulls yeah. they came out on top, it was like 26 minutes there was two or three occasions and then just before half time. So although Edinburgh scored, uh, Glasgow sorry, scored five tries and kicked five conversions and played how they played, defensively they'll take a lot from that as well. Like really physical, really quick. The chance for them is to take it on the road there in South Africa this week. And, you know, the the frustration is that the difference between the home and the away performances, but the two home performances have been exceptional. Cardiff were not as strong as the Bulls. Um, but you got a similar level of performance from from Glasgow in both, and put fifty on Cardiff and, and thirty five on on the Bulls. So yeah, big ask uh, in South Africa for them this week. But they take a lot of confidence. And with Glasgow being in South Africa, it's a reminder that Edinburgh's now got a wee a wee moment at home in Benetton this weekend, which yeah. is that's no, a really sharp as well. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> really, that's a really big game that one. Yeah, I mean Benetton are um, we keep saying it, and we shouldn't really 
whatever it's in because it's true that the standard of competition and the, the standard of um, a kind of attack we're seeing I think is excellent Benetton scored some brilliant tries against Dragons at home on Sunday watched that game um, one of the few teams that attack or are able to attack wide close to the opposition line which opens a, a whole chest of problems for your defence most teams get close to the opposition line they'll see that famous penny pick and go and they'll try and eke out centimetre after centimetre Benetton can do that their whole DNA is built on that but they now have the ability to shift it as quick as you want from one side of the field to the other so so they'll, they'll pose a threat they beat Edinburgh in pre-season mm. over there really close game just what three or four weeks ago four or five weeks ago that feels like a lifetime it does already, it feels a long time ago so there's a lot of, there's a lot of familiarity Benetton are, are strong but Edinburgh I think should have enough to come out and top Callum McRae's defence coach as well there's another link there Kitty obviously defence coach for, for Edinburgh for a good number of years and former sevens coaches he's with Benetton now so uh He'll be wanting to get one up in his old team and his team, the old team will get one up in him and, and pick holes in his defence. That's what I love about rugby is everybody visits everybody eventually <laughs> at some point. Um, just just briefly on terms of uh, how, how the URC is going, the BKC URC, uh, we have to take a wee second to talk about Darcy Graham because we're, yeah. we're just about to enter round five so far. Topping all the charts. Oh, top try scorer, six. Mm-hmm. Uh, most clean breaks, eight. Beating the most defenders, 18. Immelman's behind him. He's on 14. And he's gained the most metres at 330. I mean, what we're seeing there st- on paper is... It's frightening. It's frightening. It's it terrifying, is frightening. isn't it? There was a start that came out on, on Friday night, or during the game on Friday night. I think the Lions had missed something. I can't remember if it was 2018 or 22 tackles. Or something. It, was, it was during the game. Uh, and I was like, I can't really remember them missing many tackles. And I thought back. I reckon about eighty percent of the tackles hadn't been missed on on Darcy himself. There was one, <laughs> genuinely there was one break in the first half. He must have beat about six tackles and won the second half three or four tackles. Out. So I think yeah, like most of the tackles the whole team missed would have been on one player. It's just so quick and he's running. He's so powerful. He's so hungry. He's just a brilliant example of somebody who wants to attack space. His finish was amazing for that. The second try, Edinburgh's second try. Um, picked up a knock at the end, which is a wee bit of a worry. Uh, but again, being heroic, chasing back ninety-five meters and winning the ball, and his two meters for his own goal line. You know, that's uh, he is 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 heroic, and like it's good to see that the numbers can he underline what everybody thinks because we've spoken a lot about stats today and how important numbers are and data is in this day and age. But you don't need that to know that Darcy Graham's a brilliant player. You don't need to see all these figures it's great and it gives it confirmation and it but you just need to watch him you just need to watch put a game where he's on in the game that put a tv on or come to a game where he's playing and and you can see it immediately because he's, he's, he's such a he's such a gem of a rugby player and, and i say the hope of that injury wasn't too bad and he's clearly working hard and enjoying his rugby so what a great showcase for for the game so glasgow warriors take on the sharks on saturday at 305 while edinburgh host benetton at the damn health at 5.15 later that same day. Scotland will face Australia, Fiji, New Zealand and Argentina this October and November at BT Murrayfield Stadium in Edinburgh in the Autumn Nation Series. Tickets for Scotland's fixture against New Zealand have already sold out. Secure your tickets now for the other matches. So it was the penultimate weekend of the Fosrock Super 6. Southern Knights took the spoils away from home to Heriot's Rugby, while Watsonians and Ayrshire Bulls maintained their dominance at the top of the table with wins over Bermuda Bears 
and Sterling Wills, respectively. Mossy, that 26 nil win just told us everything about yeah. the, the defence that we've seen, the outstanding defence that we've seen all season. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sound a wee bit harsh here, but I didn't think the standard of the competition was as good this week. Mm. And I don't because I don't know because it was you come and say penultimate weekend, the top four settled. We've got you know final weekend this weekend before the the playoffs. I just I felt a wee bit disappointed in the elements of the game. There were some brilliant individual performance. Like Alex Samuel on Friday night was amazing for quite rightly playing the match for Asia Bulls like standing, and there was good individual performances across all three games. But I didn't feel as if the games were quite as good as they've been. Um, but kind of results, I guess would would have perhaps have gone to form the. the Southern Knights picking up on a way when Heritz would been the one that was maybe you know raised eyebrows, but it was a it was a typical combative performance by Southern Knights. The um, if Watsonians win this weekend, uh, mm-hmm. who play Heritz on, on Friday night, the the semi finals will be confirmed as you know kind of a rerun of the games are this which weekend, is, which in is itself quite funny. is really yeah. funny to watch. But yeah, I just felt as if the whether I mean there's a lot of change, a lot of injury, a bit of. Kind of known quantity in terms of the top four, I just felt as if it wasn't quite as sharp last week. As I say, some good performances, individual performances, um, and I think this week becomes really important because, well, if the if the fixtures this weekend do become the semi-final fixtures, then there's, there's a psychological advantage that can be that can be taken this weekend that the players will be aware of. This is the uh, yeah a bit of league fatigue I guess almost yeah. at this point uh, as you're getting to the end. But as you say, it's going to be it's going to be a big weekend this weekend and. It's. I mean, this doesn't happen often. I actually had to check this recently. It doesn't happen often that where the the last weekend of the league competition could potentially be the the blueprint, if you like, for the, the semi finals. Yeah. And then, you're well, the one time potentially that, seeing who's in the final. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I suppose where they can relate to that is when you play in Europe. Your mm. well, the format of Europe used to be the middle fixture, the home and away fixture would be the same team back to back. So you play the same team yeah. back. And it, I can always remember it would. It would have an effect. It'd be quite funny in terms of what happened one week. It was immediately carried on to the next week. Or if you'd said the wrong thing to somebody, they'd be, I'll get, I'll get you next <laughs> week was a threat. So You've not done a lot of time <laughs> passing to it. And it, it, it did have an effect when you play the same team back to back. Now, the teams may change the, in terms of personnel, but I think, uh, you know, if, if well, Watonians play here, it's this weekend or Friday night, if they can underline the dominance and get a big win, the net effect that can have for the game seven days later or eight days later is is important. So I think that brings an importance and a focus to this weekend that um that hopefully we'll uh, we'll see uh, uh, three three more good games. I just can't believe that we're nearly here already. And then of course uh so it's the twenty first and twenty second of October, that's when the semi finals are and then it's the it's the grand final. It's the the Fosrock Super Six Championship final takes place at the Dam Health the following weekend on Sunday, thirtieth of October. I'll be uh, I'll be here with bells on for that one. That's going to be a that's going to be a cracker. As always, uh, we can watch the highlights of the Fuzz Rock Super Six, the Tenants Men's Premiership, and the Tenants Women's Women's Premiership on Scottish Rugby's YouTube channel. And of course, keeping up to date with all of the latest news and updates via their social media too. So. Lots of rugby ahead of us this weekend. Chris and I will be back next week for more on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. But for now, thanks for listening. 